Hi, everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of the Gilmore Global View podcast series. My name is Mike Dunnigan, Vice President with Gilmore Global, and uh, I'm very fortunate to have a guest today that I first met in 1996. I think I had a full head of hair then, so it was quite a while ago. Uh, our careers have intersected, I, I don't know how many different times, over the last 25 years. Most of it's been in the training market, whether it's delivering training content, managing content, developing, and all the different subtle nuances in regards to getting training content into trainees' hands or on their laptops or today other devices. So he's a great friend, client, overall technology training guru, I would say. So I'd like to welcome Rob Rashad. Rob's the, I'm looking at my notes because Vice President, Global Training and Technical Field Enablement with Fortinet. You win the prize for the person with the longest title, Rob, with our uh, Global View series. So welcome, Rob. Great, thanks. Good to see you again, Mike. It's been a long time, but uh, I guess hard to get out and meet with these with people these days, but uh, it's good to see you online. Thanks, Ben. Good to see you too. So um, before we dive into some of the really juicy questions, not really juicy, questions I put together, I'm peeking at some of my notes. Can you give the folks uh, that are watching, listening, an overview of Fortinet and your global training program in particular? Sure. I'll start with Fortinet as a company first. Fortinet is a cybersecurity vendor. We actually just celebrated our, our 20th anniversary last year. We're headquartered in uh, Sunnyvale, California, but we have offices all over the world, like uh, like most high-tech firms. I'm based in Ottawa, Canada. We, we actually have a, a pretty good footprint here in the city as well. We have uh, a number of uh, different organizations that are, that are based here out of Ottawa. We have quite a broad portfolio that covers products, uh, you know, across the entire attack service. So, you know, when I when I started at Fortinet many years ago, we had, we had a fairly small product portfolio, and, and now it's grown as the as you know, cybersecurity has become a bigger, uh, you know, a bigger. Ch- Attack surfaces has have grown, so as our product portfolio. So, so we have a we have a range of products that uh, consists of uh, you know probably 40, 50 different products. The training organization at Fortinet it's a fairly large organization for the size of the company. So Fortinet's about seven thousand people. Our training organization is about a hundred people, and we focus on um, you know three primary areas. We have customer training programs. They're fairly typical you know vendor training program. We have uh, you know, partner training and enablement where we make sure our partners are fully able to engage and, and sell our products and position our products and so on. Uh, and then my team's also responsible for all of our internal training as, as well. Uh, so those, those are kind of the, the three main buckets and an area that we've really started to get into a lot more, and, I, and I'm sure we'll get into this as we talk about you know, what's been going on lately in the industry is you know, we, we've started to do a lot more training for the general public that is, is less about Fortinet and, and more about cybersecurity in general. So it's a, it's a, pretty, uh, it's a pretty broad focus uh, across all those different, uh, all those different uh, industry groups. Nice, good summary. First of all, you're starting out great. I'm giving you seven bonus points for the best opening so far. Good stuff, <laughs> Rob. You still, you still got your game. Actually, I'm, I mentioned in the opening that we met in 1996. I wanna make it clear we were both 12 years old, right? We were 12 yeah, years old in 1996 because we were both like Prodigies of some kind, is that or our story? Like that. I, I think you were a little bit older than me, but yeah. yeah. Be nice. Yeah. Be nice. So, you know, 25 years in the industry, um, you've seen a lot of changes, a lot of things happen. Probably not, uh, didn't expect what happened in the last 12 months. No one did. But in the industry, what are you seeing right now, trends? You, you just sort of hinted at it in your opening. Trends as far as not just what the organizations are doing uh, directly, but expectations of the learners. What are they expecting as far as delivery options, 
you talked about training the public, which is a question around grassroots programs and anything that supports that overall holistic, global, continual learning uh, approach. What do you what do you see there as far as trends? Big question, but yeah. Well, you know, I mean, the the trends are. If I was to summarize it, you know, the the, the trends really all come down to uh, you know consumption and and how students uh, you know want to consume training and you know and I think you know a lot of the times I draw parallels between you know, how things have changed from, you know, cable television to all of the streaming services that we see today. And, and that's been driven by how people, how younger people in particular, uh, but not just younger people, all of us, how, how we want to consume content differently. And that, and that maps directly to everything that, that certainly we've seen in the education field, and, and I'm sure everyone else has as well. So mm-hmm. we've really had to adapt to that. Uh, now, I will say, though, that, uh, you know, the, the traditional classroom-based, instructor-led training, you know, it, it's still very strong. It'll always have a place, uh, you know, it's always going to be probably the most impactful type of training, but certainly as far as trends, we've had to uh, really try to be creative and figure out what are the other consumption models that we need to address to make sure that uh, you know, people that are not able to, you know, get on a plane and fly to a big city to take a five-day training course, you know, how can we accommodate those, those, those learners? And, and, that's, and that's really driven a lot of change within, within our industry, for sure. That, that, that actually kind of ties into the, you know, the elephant in the corner, which is the pandemic. So I'm assuming a lot of that change has either been um, accelerated or come out of left field because you had no choice, you had to adapt and, and um, pivot and do whatever you had to do to get uh, folks trained. Because what, yeah. what you're doing training is so important for so many organizations, right? Especially in the, in the world of cybersecurity, right? Yeah, I mean, it definitely has. And, you know, thank God, you know, we were already going down the path of trying yeah. to figure out these new consumption models. And then, you know, obviously what, what happened early last year really forced us to accelerate those things. And and what was interesting was, you know, we, um, you know, we, we've, we've been running this, traditional training for so long and we you know we tend to develop all of these theories and philosophies of how we could do things differently and 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 how we could drastically change the way we do things and of course we're you know you're you're a little bit nervous about really flipping the switch and and so we we kind of dip our toes in a little bit and try things out and then of course last april is when we realized that you know what this is this is now, this is now the new world so it forced us to adopt some new strategies that we realized we were more prepared for than we thought we were and and you know once once we were forced to really embrace it uh, it's 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 created some really great uh, new programs and strategies and so on that where we're we're getting our training out to way more people today than than we were a year ago. Well, we, I I can say that I I've seen that myself because we, as our, our our organizations work together and what we've seen Fortinet do as far as expanding your global network through your uh, your authorized training partner program has been. Um, almost seamless really No, one of the questions I had when I was just making my notes here. Whereas, yeah, okay, a lot of things have changed, but you're in, and I think you're in every continent training other than Antarctica. And I know we work with you to deploy that content. Um, but do you see fluctuating needs at, this is maybe a weird question, generationally and regionally? So when I say generationally, I know the classic Gen X, V, Gen Y versus traditionalist versus boomer, right? Or not a lot of traditionalists still going to be taking tech training, but some. 
Um, but do you see a difference geographically too? Because I mean, if I go from, you know, we're, we're fulfilling uh, training programs for you all over Europe. We just launched one in not that long ago, I think in Beirut. We're everywhere. So have you seen any difference there as far as how that, that regionally is uh, preferences are as far as consumption and process? Well, yeah, I guess we looked at it in, in a couple of different ways. So as, as far as, um, you know, younger participants, what I've been hearing from colleagues a little bit surprisingly is, you know, the, the, the younger demographic really seems to be missing a lot of the interaction. And, and you know, I, I've started to bring that up specifically as questions when I'm meeting with colleagues around, you know, how, how are you seeing, uh, you know, almost the same question that you just asked me, how are, how are you seeing the difference in, in you, you know, the, the way that training is being consumed and the preferences? Mm -hmm. And I'm starting to hear that pretty consistently that, no, the young, younger folks are missing the interaction. Now, I think that's probably more on the academic side than the, than the corporate training side. On the corporate training side, I, I think what we're seeing more is it's, it's, it's less of a, you know, or is it, is it younger folks that are, that are more comfortable with the, the, the way that we're consuming training now online and so on. I think it's a, a, across the board, younger folks may be more comfortable consuming training in that mode. But I think what's also happening is organizations are starting to realize that it can still be pretty impactful uh, and so are embracing it a lot more. Um, now, regionally, uh, don't really see much difference regionally in terms of, you know, whether classroom training or, or remote and, and so on. But what I will say, and, and uh, you know, I, I, I hate to say this being based in North America, but certainly our European um, students, I mean, training in general is taken very, very seriously in Europe. Uh, you know, certification is taken very seriously and so on. And, and so we, we tend to see a lot more engagement in Europe just around, uh, you know, the need to get training, timely training, get certified and so on. It's, it, it really is, uh, you know, a much higher priority in Europe, I think. Maybe, than, maybe it's because you can drive to a session three countries away in four hours. That might have something to do with those. With that. You know, and, that, and that, may very, that may very well be. I mean, North America is a hard uh, geography to create scalable training programs and have them in, in bricks and mortar. Uh, locations, uh, you know, accessible to everyone. It's so yeah. that may be. We've been working together in the, with Gilmore Global and yourself at Fortinet. Uh, we've been managing work for you since 2012. I remember. So that's quite a while. Uh, we've seen a lot of change through market. So as far as um, these trends that we're talking about, are there any that you saw that were a reaction to the pandemic that are you went? We, you were forced to change, even though you already had a head start, but you, you're, you've looked, you know, when you step back and you have your internal strategy means, you know what, that really works. Let's stick with that. That's, a, that's something new we didn't think was going to be something. Is it, I don't want to sound the wrong way, but has it almost done you in some weird, odd, obscure way a favor that it's sort of uh, given you a nudge to something that uh, is going to help your learning organization going forward? Just weird question, but I thought it was kind of neat. Well, it has. You know, I think the one thing that was probably the biggest thing for us to deal with. Uh, so we have we have a certification program, and uh, you know, we consider it a high stakes certification program. So the the associated exams are in you know bricks and mortar proctor mm -hmm. testing centers, and um, that got obviously very complicated. Yeah. So one area that we're going to continue offering is remote proctoring, which is something that uh, you know we was a direct. Uh, reaction to the pandemic, but we're now seeing more people preferring that method than, than our traditional bricks and mortar uh, proctoring. So that we'll, we'll continue with that. Nice. Okay. Uh, 
you know, another area um, that really was, um, we, we weren't forced to make this change, but we decided to make it. And, and uh, I won't go into too much detail, but we're making an awful lot of our training. Actually, the large majority of our training today is available free of charge. And that was a very, very strategic decision that we made back in April of last year. And, uh, you know, I, I can talk about different reasons and, and outcomes of that, but, but that was definitely something that came back to us in very surprising ways that, that, that actually had extremely positive uh, paybacks in other areas as well. Yeah, I, I've, uh, I've been, well, obviously I follow Fortinet pretty closely and, I, and the, the press and uh, the social media presence that you, great, you created with those initiatives were exceptional. I mean, it's such a pay it forward type of approach and um, I, you know, kudos, kudos to Fortinet for taking that because it's obviously worked really, really well. One of the last tough questions, they're going to have a few softballs to lob at you. So if you look ahead, say three to five years from this, from this day, we're both happen to be obviously working from home offices in lovely Ottawa and it's actually technically might be above freezing right now, but it's not that cold. So that's good. But three or five years from now, you know, we'll still have traditional instructor-led training, but we'll be focusing more and more efforts on making training available where people want it, when they want it, how they want to consume it, you know, and, and taking the, you know, the Netflix approach, if you will, of, of, uh, of that. And, and, you know, remote labs, the technology around remote labs has, has changed so much over the last several years that that's enabling us to do a lot of this as well, where it's not just theoretical training, but making remote lab training available where and when people want it as well. So, so that, that'll be a big focus. And I, I think the industry will be moving in that direction a lot and, and certainly have already. Nice. Uh, from, a, from a Fortinet specific uh, response, I think because of the free training initiatives that, that we launched, uh, you know, we, we've brought a lot more people to our training. And what we're finding is uh, you know, a lot of that training, the large majority of it is Fortinet product specific. And what we're finding is there's a lot of demand for more industry general training where people, you know, we might have someone that's been in IT for 15 years and now they want to become a cybersecurity person uh, and they need a lot more than just Fortinet training to do that. So, you know, we, we as a company will start to go down that path of, of expanding our curriculum. So it's not just about Fortinet technology, but it's about cybersecurity in general to give people that, that training that they need to close those gaps. Uh, and, and I think we'll also start to see it, and we're doing this already with workshops with a number of academic institutions and universities in particular, where we're starting to take our training now and our workshops uh, more specifically from engineering schools into business schools and starting to do training around, you know, why cybersecurity is critical uh, in the boardroom, not just the IT department. Mm -hmm. So I think we'll start to see our, our training move a lot in that direction to try to close the, you know, the cyber skills gap that we have today. Or our virtual boardroom too, you forgot that Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right, so we're recording this on a Friday, so that was way too many hard questions. So thanks for this. I mean, you yeah, can have a nap after, because I know at your age, yeah. not, you're not young like me, you might need a nap. Um, let the abuse begin. All right, so I got a few uh, lightning round questions for you, Rob. You ready? These are the hard ones, okay? Favorite right. food? Favorite food? Uh, food, if I don't have to be specific, I'll say Italian. If, if I need to be more specific, then pasta. Pasta, okay, yeah. check, you get seven bonus points again. Uh, favorite, I know you're a very well-traveled guy, so favorite restaurant in the world, favorite place in the world you've been to eat? 
Well, I mean, the well-traveled thing really doesn't apply then because, uh, you know, I'm going to say an, uh, an Ottawa-based restaurant, uh, which is uh, Divino's uh, on uh, Preston Street in Ottawa, which unfortunately closed down during the pandemic. <sighs> that, that, that would have been uh, definitely my, my top. Nice teaser. Uh, favorite location to visit for work and favorite vacation, uh, location to visit for vacation? Uh, two, two separate? Yeah, which so are work, the same work. place. Okay, well, for work, uh, Nice, France, no question. Don't have to think about that one at all. Uh, yeah. that, that's where our, our largest European office is and, and probably my favorite city uh, that I've been to in Europe. Uh, By the way, I had, I had a call with one of your colleagues in Nice, and uh, it was not a very nice day here, and he was kind enough to uh, turn his camera around and show the view at his window, and everyone just went, yeah, so I, I, as, as you say that, I know exactly who you're talking about, and he loves to do that in team meetings yes. all the time. Yes, so, yeah. bit of a bully, but a nice guy, actually. <laughs> so vacation, where do you want a vacation? Vaca Same place? Uh, probably, I, you know, I'm going to say, I, I'm going to have to say Hawaii. I've only been once, uh, but it's definitely, uh, it's definitely um, uh, nice. i go back there. Can I go yeah. back? Can I go back to the favorite restaurant? Yeah. I'm not going to change my answer, but I am going to add French Laundry to the bucket list. I, I have not been, but that's a bucket list restaurant for me is the French Laundry in Napa Valley. Yes, I've heard. Okay. You're allowed to put that on your list because no one really cares in the terms of there's no, you're not being scored later, but it's just, it's fun to talk about because you know, right. I have that lunch. Um, I think I know the answer to this, but I'm going to lob it over to your favorite hobby. Uh, favorite hobby is, is distance running. Yeah. You're one of those crazy people, by the way. I'm, I'm one of those crazy people. Yeah. Like I saw a post one day, you're like running a marathon in Tokyo. I'm like, what? Yeah. Yeah. Well. Awesome. Yeah. It's got to be a little crazy sometimes. Oh, I love it. Uh, what's the most unique thing you've ever done? Which might be that, but. <laughs> that's, that's a tough one. So unique. Um, well, I mean, there's there's probably a few running related, but let's 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 leave that one. Um, so here's one. So years ago, I was uh, I was involved as the lighting director for a major production of Pink Floyd: The Wall. Which okay. Is, uh, yeah, yeah. You're now my now your your son's gonna think you're cooler than me. Great. Yeah. Well, he might not know who Pink Floyd is, but oh, he does. He knows I'm every showing, song. I'm showing my age again. So. No, no. The younger generation now loves the older stuff, which is great. Uh, speaking of Pink Floyd, favorite band and the last song you listen to on your playlist? Well, favorite band is Rush. It, it'll always be Rush, no question. Last song. Um, I, I can't think of the last song, but it was probably Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. For some reason, I've been listening to a lot of Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young lately. So, Well, if you look in the background, you're talking about a guitar addict, so I, uh, I do play a lot of their stuff on guitar, so it's good. I don't sing it, though, because the neighbors complain. That's another issue. Yeah, yeah, well. Um, you mentioned streaming services. This is like every call I go on now, and I do a lot of – I'm constantly doing this. The, the topic is either the opening or the closing is what are you watching? What are you watching right now on your streaming oh, service, okay. Netflix yeah. or, or yeah. Crave or whatever? Well, you know, the last – I just finished watching Breaking Bad again. So Breaking, Breaking Bad was the first, uh, you know, series that I binge watched many, many years ago. And I went back to it, started a little while ago, just wrapped it up, watched the finale last week. And I got to say, I still think it's one of the best Netflix series ever. 
I still haven't uh, watched it. Oh man, you gotta. And, and Brian Cranston, who's the lead role in that, I'm actually now, because of watching Breaking Bad, I'm watching a new series called Your Honor, which stars him as well. I'm watching that. I'm one in. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Where's my last question? Oh yeah, this is a good question, I think. A good one to close on. So what are you most looking for? We've, where we both happen to live in the city, we've partially opened up. But what are you most looking forward to doing when we can all, people can just gather again and get back to whatever the new normal is? What, what's the one thing that's just going to make you take a deep breath and absorb the moment? Uh, well, obviously travel, um, you know, but, but more specifically, I, I think, it, you know, it comes up all the time when I'm on my, my manager's calls with, with, uh, with my management team. It's, you know, getting together with that team and celebrating. Uh, you know, I think it's, uh, these remote meetings are great to have tactical discussions, but to really get together and, and celebrate the accomplishments uh, and so on somewhere. And my team's all over the world. So whenever we're getting together as a team, it's always a, a really fun place to be getting together. So, so getting together and celebrating with the team is, is, is definitely on the, on the to-do list as soon as Good we're answer. Ready. I would have actually, I'd echo that. I'd be the same. Yeah. There's, you can't replace it. You know? and, and, it's, and, it's, and it's quite likely that that'll be in Nice, France. So. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I'm, yeah, I might have to start to learn how to wear dress pants again, but I mean, I think I can do it. I've been wearing, wearing jeans every day for a year, so maybe that's, that'll be the next thing. Actually, I earned a shirt for you today, Rob. Just for good, you, buddy. Good, good. So that's it. That, how was that? Painless? That was good. Okay. It's good, 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 I'm glad. Of, good to get a lot of these thoughts that float around in your head out, out and, and talking to someone about them. But yeah, there, there's been a lot of good stuff happened this year on the training and education side. I think it's, it's given, you know, this, this, this time has given people uh, you know, pause to think about their, you know, their training and education and, yeah. and spend a lot of time, uh, you know, focusing in areas that, you know, we, we often get so busy that we don't think about training that, that, that we often need to do. So, you know, we, we've seen a lot of people spend more time taking training that uh, they wouldn't normally have had the time to do. Yeah, well, considering what we do for a living, um, we've definitely seen it because we're right at the we're right at street level with that, and it's been busy, and particularly in digital delivery and some of the new streaming services as far as uh, you know, aggregating content and some of the cool stuff that's out there right now. It's fun. It's definitely fun because it's uh, everyday changes, so it's been great. But thanks, Rob. I just uh, couldn't keep an eye on the time. I don't want to take up too much of your time. Hopefully, you have a, it is a Friday when we're recording this. Have a good weekend, and yes. uh, good luck, and I'm looking forward to uh, seeing you maybe at uh, whoever the new, next new best restaurant is in Ottawa. Sounds good. Thanks a lot, Mike. Good Thanks, to Rob. talk to you.